Let's turn our Bibles tonight to the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 20, Acts chapter number 20, and uh, we'll jump right into the Bible study. I am trying to keep uh, things moving as uh, quickly as possible uh, because of what we have to take care of after the service with the registration and all of that. Uh, so we'll get into Acts chapter number 20 and look forward to what the Lord has for us in the Word of God. Let's stay faithful, stay excited about what God is doing in the month of September now. Uh, We know how fast this year has already gone. Then we'll be into October, into the fall, and getting ready for 2020. And what an exciting year it has been for us with all the different progress. And uh, we'll continue to to, uh, look forward to uh, a lot of these projects getting done. Tonight, uh, I'm going to teach on, on upgrading your spiritual life. Uh, if you've traveled, you have been try, so they try and sell you an upgrade. Uh, you buy a car, they want to upgrade. Uh, you uh, go to Taco Bell, they upgrade. Oh, is that just me? Uh, no, uh, upgrades. We want upgrades. We like upgrades. Um, I can think um, years and years and years and years ago, uh, this may or may not be a good illustration, but it's in my head now, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share it. Uh, when our daughter Amanda was sick, I promised my wife that w- when this is all over, I'll take you to Hawaii. One of those things you just say and you don't know what you're saying and you don't know how you're going to do it. You're just trying to take care of what is there in that moment. And so uh, time had passed, and so I had forgotten all about that. She had not forgotten all about that, and so uh, through, my dad was traveling a lot then, and uh, through some of these offers, he got one of those introductory offers uh, for $595, you can get uh, five days and five nights in a brand new Marriott on the ocean in Oahu, that's Hawaii for those of you that that aren't well-traveled, you know, that's uh, in Hawaii, and that included a rental car, and so... He called, made the arrangements for us to have that. That's a good deal for $595. Cashed in some uh, miles and sent us to Hawaii. Praise the Lord. It was, it was awesome. We get to the hotel, and we have just a room. Uh, we're happy to just be in the room. And when we got there, they, for some reason, said, Would you like an upgrade? You know, and I'm used to saying, No, no upgrades, because I know that after they say, Do you want an upgrade? They say, that will cost you this much money. And uh, so I said, no, no, I want to go. She goes, well, i tell you what. I'm just going to give you a free upgrade. I said, now we're talking. We, 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 have a, we have a deal. And the upgrade was a balcony room with the glass opened up. And uh, that was an upgrade that I didn't have to pay for. We like upgrades, don't we? Well, have we thought about upgrading our spiritual life? A lot of Christians just, they live at the base model. They live at just, this. I got saved and I just stayed right here. Well, tonight we're going to look at how to upgrade our spiritual life. Let's pray, then we'll read our text. Father, uh, we thank you for the opportunity to be in church. And as we look into the Word of God tonight, and we look at several places in Scripture, may we allow the Word of God to speak to us and uh, strengthen us. And Father, may we... Uh, even be convicted in areas where we need to be convicted. Uh, Help us tonight to have a desire uh, to live a greater spiritual life, to live a spiritual life that brings honor to you, a spiritual life uh, that you can use to your honor and glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. 
Amen. The book of Acts, chapter number 20, verse number 28. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves, and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn every one night and day with tears. Verse 32 is our text. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. We see towards the end of verse number 32, which is able to build you up. Tonight, we're going to focus on that little two-letter word, the word up, as we think of upgrading our spiritual life. We see in our text tonight, we're going to look at several places in our Bibles that uh, the admonition is given to the overseers, the pastors, and how they have a responsibility to feed spiritually the church. Uh, That is my responsibility as I oversee the ministry. It's my responsibility to make sure the Word of God is taught in every Sunday school class. That's why we have the Sunday school curriculum that we have. It's my responsibility uh, that when we gather together, the Word of God is taught. There's, there's, there's reasons for that. Uh, we, can, we can dispel the whole notion of the, the, the relevancy of the emerging church and these entertaining churches and those that assemble just to be entertained because there's a reason why there's supposed to be a diet of the Word of God. There's a responsibility to teach the Word of God because the Scripture tells us in verse number uh, 29, uh, that grievous wolves were, will enter in. When God is doing a work in a church, in a home, in a family, uh, Satan is going to work to undermine a church, a home, uh, a family, an individual. And a lot of times he does that with grievous wolves, wolves of their false doctrine, uh, wolves of a different philosophy, a different way. And the reason why we need the Word of God is so that we don't fall prey. Uh, if, you're, if you're a new Christian, we have several new Christians uh, in the service tonight. If you're, if you're new to uh, getting a, a steady diet of the Word of God, you haven't really, you're just growing in your Christian life. There's a reason why we need Wednesday night Bible study. There's a reason why we we need uh, Sunday morning and Sunday night. Why? Uh, because we need to know what we believe. Uh, I say this often, borrow my beliefs long enough for you to have your own. Borrow my convictions. Borrow, let me use the word, standards until you have your own. But you should have them. Why? Because these grievous wars would come in. And what does Satan do in Genesis chapter number 3? He took the word of God and changed one word. He's still doing the same thing today. Uh, So it's important that the word of God is given, that we're fed. Uh, Not only are there wolves that come in, but in verse 30, also of your own selves. Shall men arise? You can parallel this with the book of Jude. And the book of Jude talks about how there's uh, some among you. Uh, They're the most dangerous ones. 
uh, uh, who, who are like us enough to have that little bit of false doctrine that would take us astray. It says, uh, uh, of own self shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. There are some who will draw away men from the truth. Uh, you and I, as a child of God, we have a responsibility to hold to the truth, to care for the truth. Mom and Dad, you have a responsibility to pass that down to that generation that lives in your house. Every young person in here, you have a responsibility to hold to the truth of God, and one day you'll have the responsibility of passing that, that truth down to the generation that comes after you. That's the way God intended it. There is no breaking of, of, of how he set that up. That's how he intended it. But there are some that will try and draw us away from truth for, our own, for their own selves. And so we need to know, the church needs to know what they believe. Stay with me. I'm, I'm getting to the foundation, and then we'll move a lot quicker. As some will uh, draw away men from the truth, uh, we, we see in verse number 32... And now, well, let's go to verse 31. 31, Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn every one of uh, everyone night and day with tears. That's been the responsibility. But he's leaving. In verse 32, And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. That we are, we are left, we have... The Word of God to build us up. You cannot grow as a Christian without the Word of God. You can't do it. You cannot grow as a, a church cannot help a Christian grow without the Word of God. Now that's why, and I don't have to tell you, but I'm just saying it, and you can say it to somebody else one day. Uh, you shouldn't choose a church based on facilities. You shouldn't choose a church uh, based on the personality of the pastor, although bonus tonight. You shouldn't, you shouldn't choose a church based on uh, fellowship or activities. You ought to choose the church based on the Word of God. That's, that's what you choose, the, choose it for. That's what we're left with. Why? To build us up. The Bible tells us how to, build, how to build up or how to upgrade our spiritual life. The illustration I used at the beginning, uh, upgrade. We like upgrades, but we have to pay for upgrades when it comes to material things. But we have a bonus of getting an upgrade for free. Uh, that upgrade, we take it, we like it. We, if somebody, I use that illustration of, uh, of that opportunity we had in Hawaii. We're going to give you a free upgrade how foolish would I have been to say, no thanks. Now, Mr. Neal, you have an interior room with no view. We're going to upgrade you to this big room with a balcony. It's, it, you want this? No, no thanks. It's, it's for you. All you have to do is just take it. Nope, not taking it. How foolish would that have been? How, it would have been foolish. But why is it that we as Christians we do, this, do that with our spiritual life? The moment you trusted Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit of God indwelled you. He is inside of you. But how many of us are still the base model of when we got saved? How many Christians are satisfied with just a base Christian life? 
How many churches, and praise God, this isn't one of them, how many churches are satisfied with the norm, with the coasting? With the, let's just get by and take care of ourselves. No, we don't want to be base as a Christian. God never intended for us just to be saved, and that's it. He intends for us to upgrade our spiritual life, to grow in our spiritual life. Now, I'm thankful tonight that once saved, always saved. I, like you, have led many people to Christ that I'll never see again on this side of eternity. I don't know if they're growing. I don't know if they're serving. I don't know what they're doing, but they're saved and on their way to heaven. But God wants us to grow. He wants us to upgrade our life. Part of my responsibility as your pastor, by the preaching of the Word of God, that puts pressure on all of us to grow. That puts pressure on all of us to live. We're all responsible for every message that we hear preached. Every truth that we read in the Word of God. We should upgrade. We want to upgrade. Now, we're going to turn in our Bibles. You may want to hold your spot here. But we're turn with me to the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter number 5. Psalms chapter number 5. And it's going to be a very practical Bible study tonight, but I want you to have that in mind of upgrading my spiritual life, living a little bit higher than I, than I, than, than I have been. Living to the extent, reaching my potential for the Lord. Reaching my potential as a child of God. I, 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 want, I want to live in the blessings of God. I want to live a life of victory. It comes from deciding that I want a little bit more than just the base Christianity. Look at me, Psalms chapter number 5, verse 3. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and I will look up. That's number one, look up. When you're in the Word of God, you know what happens? Your focus goes up. Your focus goes to Him. Uh, sometimes I'll get a text or sometimes I get a call uh, from, from somebody in the membership and their pastor, I'm struggling with this or I'm having a hard time with this and my advice is always the same. Open up the Word of God and read. Well, where should I read? Anywhere will help. When we read every day and uh, yes, when we get up in the morning, aren't you glad the sun does come up? It comes up gradually, just so just some of you know. The sun, does, the sun comes up, and God's still on His throne. But aren't you glad we get in the Word of God? We forget about all those pressures. We forget, hey, upgrade your life. Get in the Word of God and look up. It doesn't matter how big your problems are tonight. God is bigger. God, 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 doesn't, God doesn't fret over what you're facing. He doesn't fret over, over your, your, your problems. He's bigger than that. And how are we reminded of that? Remember what, what, was, what we read in the book of Acts? We're, we're left with, we have believing them with the grace of God and the Word. The Word of God, it causes us to look up. Uh, it would upgrade your attitude. Well, that's just a good, we ought to put that on a t-shirt. Uh, upgrade your attitude. You need an attitude upgrade. You know, if we got into the Word of God, it would upgrade our attitude. We, we keep our eyes down here. We keep our eyes on the noise, on the problems. 
It's our tendency to do that. But where should our eyes be? They ought to be up. They ought to be on Him. We have the story of Peter walking on the water. As long as he kept his eyes on the Lord, he was fine. And well, we're awful critical of Peter, aren't we? Well, you dummy, why didn't you just keep looking at God? Well, it's the same thing that happens in our life. We're doing, we do just fine as long as our eyes are focused on Him. And then we start hearing everything around us. We start seeing the difficulty. Hey, it would, it would upgrade your attitude. If we looked up, and that's what happens when we get into the Word of God. We put our focus on Him. When, we, when, we have a, when you pray, who are you praying to? I hope you're praying to God. That's where prayer goes. How can we not look at Him when we're praying to Him? How can we not be focused on Him when we are praying with Him? So, you want to upgrade your spiritual life? Look up. How do you look up? Through the Word of God. Through prayer. We look up. It'll upgrade your attitude. 1 Peter chapter number 1. 1 Peter chapter number 1. And remember, we're... Uh, uh, focusing on that little word up. We want to build up in our lives. We want to upgrade our spiritual life. And a lot of growth, while you're turning, 1 Peter chapter 1, a lot of growth comes when we determine to grow. When we get dissatisfied. There's a lot of talk nowadays about how we're dissatisfied with the old-time religion. Some get dissatisfied with the way it's always been. Why don't we get dissatisfied with our carnal Act life. Why don't we get dissatisfied with living by the flesh? Why don't we get dissatisfied with unanswered prayers? Why don't we get dissatisfied with just normal base living? Why don't we have a desire to upgrade our spiritual life? Live on a little higher plane. We see in 1 Peter chapter number 1 in verse 13. Wherefore, gird up. And that's number 2. Gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy." If we want to upgrade our spiritual life, you got to gird up. We see in verse number 16, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. God is holy. And He has given all of us a command to live a holy life. In verse 15, gives clarity to that, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. How we interact with all of our life. Be ye holy means that our actions are supposed to be holy. It means our, our direction is supposed to be holy. It means our uh, uh, speech is supposed to be holy. It means our thoughts are supposed to be holy. And we, do we not realize that before we act on something, it has already been in our mind? That's why we have the admonition in verse 13, Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober, be serious, and hope to the end for grace that is to be brought unto you with the revelation of Jesus Christ. It, we as Christians, we need to be sober-minded. We need to be ready to combat that which would cause us not to be holy. But gird up. The Bible says to bring every thought into captivity. Think about that. 
Well, Pastor, I just don't know if I can grow anymore. I just need to go home to be with the Lord. Well, let's talk about every thought in the captivity. We should live that way. There's a lot, there, there, long before a Christian leaves the house of God, they think about it. Do we want to upgrade our spiritual life or not? There's probably somebody in this room tonight, the biggest hindrance that you have of having victory in your Christian life, it, it, it's, it's the thoughts that you're thinking that you know you should not think. All of us have to deal with things that come into our mind. All of us do. So where did that come from? But for us to bring thoughts into our mind and to dwell on them and to entertain them, that's not girding up. If you have a, if you have a thought of anger towards somebody else, you shouldn't entertain that. Do you know that grieves the Spirit of God? Well, while I was thinking that I had a smile on my face. Well, it doesn't change the fact. We are too lax in our Christian life. Upgrade. Well, I just, I'm just going to, before you're defeated in your actions, you're defeated in your mind. Gird up. Control what goes into your mind. That's why, that's why, you know, and you hear all of the arguments against holy thoughts and pure thoughts, and that's really what his argument against. Well, it doesn't say in the Bible that you shouldn't watch this, and it doesn't say in the Bible that you shouldn't this and this and this. I don't even argue on that. I don't, I don't, whatever. I don't have time for that. I'm still stuck personally on gird up my mind. I'm stuck on bring every thought into captivity. I'm stuck on whatsoever things are pure and just. and I'm stuck there. I don't have time to make a list of what's on TV to, to, to talk about what's in the Bible and what's not in the Bible. I have to control my thoughts. Do we want to live a base Christian life? Or do we want to upgrade? If, if you would make a conscious effort to get some of the things out of your mind that are in your mind, it increase your spiritual life overnight. Overnight. This isn't new. This isn't difficult to understand. It's difficult to live. And that's why a lot of Christians are satisfied with the base level of their spiritual life. Instead of upgrading. I wish tonight somebody from this side of the room to this side all the way to the back, somebody would decide, hey, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to upgrade my spiritual life. I'm going to gird up. I'm going to pay more attention to what's going on inside of my mind. Uh, number three, turn with me to uh, 2 Timothy chapter number one. 2 Timothy chapter number uh, one. We're going to look at verse number six. We're looking at that little two-letter word, up. We want to upgrade our spiritual life. Look at first, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy. I think I said 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter number 1 uh, in verse number 6. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. That's number 3, stir up. If you want to upgrade your spiritual life, stir up. Paul speaking to Timothy, he says, you need to remember the gift of God is in you. You need to remember those that have invested in you. You need to remember what God has done in your life. 
uh, stir up. We have Christians that, uh, that, that, that need to be stirred up today. We have churches that need to be stirred up. Well, I don't want to get too, you know, I don't want to get too emotional about it. I don't want to get, uh, you know, too, too out of hand. No, you got to think about what God's done for you. You got to think about it. And sometimes when you're discouraged, the best thing that you can do is get stirred up and, and bring to remembrance not only what God has done for you, but what others have done for you. And if we get... We, we get out of fellowship with God. We get, we get offended in the house of God. We, we get offended with the people of God. Sometimes we should be reminded that it was the people of God who, who came by our house or, or picked us up on a bus or knocked on our door or, or invited us to work with us and said, hey, come hear what Christ did for you so you can be saved. Instead of, and, and I'm just going to say it, and, and, and it, it'll be a help and a blessing, I'm sure, and it'll get some people stirred up but I'm, I am very weary of these second and third generation Christians who grow up in a church like this. Their parents pay for their Christian school, protect them and shield them from the, the, the vile things of this world, and then they want to turn around and throw stones. That place wasn't bad when you got your wife there. It was okay when you got your husband there. It was okay when you got your work ethic and your education. We so say, what happens? They're not stirred up. They haven't been put in remembrance of what has been done for them. I want to pay my debts. I want to pay my debts. You, you, you know my testimony. Some of you have watched me grow up, literally, and grow out a little bit too. My family, we moved here when I was six years of age. My dad pastored here for 32 years. I'm in my seventh year pastoring now. I've been on staff here for over 20 years. Some of my teachers worked for me. And it's glorious, <laughs> let me just say. But I owe a debt. I owe a debt to my father who went before me. I owe a debt to the teachers I just mentioned to, I owe a debt to everybody who taught me in Sunday school. I owe a debt to everybody who put their tithe in week in and week out so that I would have a place to grow up and now my children have a place to be reared. Hey, I have a debt and I want to pay it and I intend on paying it. But there's some of you, you have a very similar testimony. You got to get stirred up about that. Hey, I want the, the, the days of the Emmanuel Baptist Church, the best days are ahead of them, not behind us, because I'm going to get stirred up about what's been done for me. I'm going to get stirred up about the sacrifices that have been made and the, and the debt that has, been that has been paid. Hey, why don't we get stirred up about that? You say, well, that doesn't apply to me. Well, Jesus died on the cross for you. Get stirred up about that. Somebody was faithful with the gospel so that you could hear it. Get stirred up about it. Well, I'm going to just park here for a little while. Is that okay? That's why I, I, I'm not giving up the name Baptist anytime soon. I know we live in the day of non. We're non-denominational. We're non-gender. We're, non we're just non-all kinds of things. No, we put a label on it because we, we want to know what it is. And I'm a Baptist, 
if for no other reason, and there's a lot of reasons, this Bible makes us a Baptist. That's why, and there's some of you, you were something else when you joined this church. And you say, Pastor, well, how do you address those things? Well, as long as they're saved and they're, and they're baptized and they have a desire to scripturally baptize and a desire to be part of the church, uh, if they're in the Bible, they don't understand it all sometimes right away, but the longer they're in the Bible, the more Baptist they become. But I'd be Baptist just because of all of the blood that was shed because they wouldn't give up the Baptist faith. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I've been cooped up in my house for three days, so bear with me. And we want to take the name Baptist off because it's offensive? I want people to know what we are. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm grateful for the men who have influenced me. I don't have a problem being identified with those men of the previous generation. I don't have a problem with it. Matter of fact, it, it get, can you tell I'm stirred up right now? But when you get stirred up about what somebody's done for you, it ought to bring you to a higher level of living. I get stirred up thinking of the conversations I was privileged to have with Dr. Jack Howes. And him praying with me. I get stirred up the, the longer I live. And I'm going to go see, visit with Mrs. Al Lacey. And some of you know that name. Al Lacey, in the next couple of weeks, the, she's a widow. I get stirred up thinking of the conversations I had with Dr. Lacey, who's in heaven, and the stand that he took for the King James Bible, so we have it. I get stirred up. So when I get stirred up thinking about that, I rededicate myself to that which we should hold to. When I get stirred up thinking about what Christ did for me on Calvary, you know, that, I set my discouragement aside. I set my, uh, my, my I don't have time for a pity party because I'm grateful for what Christ has done for me. When I think of the sacrifice that has been made so that I have the opportunity that I have, boy, it just compels me to do more. It strengthens my resolve because I, I'm taking inventory of what has been done for me. And when, when that happens, hopefully, we have a greater dedication to what has been handed to us. Uh, Matthew chapter number, no, I'm sorry, Genesis. Let's go back to Genesis. I planned this where we'd have to go all the way to the back of the new, all the way to the front of the, not really, but Genesis chapter number 35. I'm not telling you how many of these I have because you'll be counting down. Genesis 35, that little two-letter word, up. We're going to upgrade our life, our spiritual life. Genesis 35, verse 1, And God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel, and dwell there, and make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau, thy, thy brother. He says, Go up. That's number four. Bethel, it means the house of God. He says, go up to that special place, go up to that sacred place, that spiritual place, the house of God, make an altar. Well, you and I, we need to always, if you're going to upgrade your life spiritually, you've got to go up 
in that place of intimate worship of God. I believe the house of God is a place where every Christian ought to be. And I believe when the church doors are open, if we're not providentially hindered, we ought to be there. Because the Word of God builds us up. There's a lot of practical reasons as well. Our neighbors, as a testimony to our neighbors, they see us going, they see the dedication. It shows the support of what we're doing. But we get what we need while we're at church. But this is a whole... It's not really a philosophical thing. I believe it's a scriptural thing, but so many times we slap the, the label worship service on a Sunday morning service and we think that's our, our place and our time of worship. What I find in my Bible is, is every Christian ought to have a time and a place of worship that takes place outside of the church house. And, 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 and we all need to go up when is the last time that you, figuratively speaking, made an altar and said, it's just me and you, God? And God, I need something from you, and I'm, I'm, I'm separating myself. I'm, I'm pulling myself away so that I can set up an altar and so that I can just be with you and I can worship you as you are, but so that you and I, I need to spend this time with you. Oh, I'm afraid that's missing in our churches. It's missing in our homes, it's missing in the life of so many Christians. In the hustle and bustle of this world, and the busyness, and the, and, the, and the screens, and all of the different things that occupies our time, you and I need a time to go up, build us an altar, and just spend time with God. Where are we making the decisions? Where are we deciding that we're not turning back? Where are we deciding that we're going to take that next step in our life? Hey, mom and dad, when's the last time you get everything in that nursery when they're born and you have everything just so and you have their schedules just so and you've prepared everything to the best of your ability? And I'm for that. I'm not minimizing that. But when's the last time you made an altar for your child and you made an altar for you to go to God and say, God, I need your wisdom. I need your instruction. I need your protection. From, from Satan and the things of this world that would destroy them. Oh, we need to go up. I would change this nation more than, than a political revolution. I'm for voting for the right people. I'm for voting for the right things. But more than that, we, don't, we, we can't depend on that. What we need is for Christians to build altars again. And say, I'm going up to spend time with God. I'm going up just to be with Him. We take your life from a base model Christianity. Which if I can say it like this, in this world we live in, that kind of a Christian life is a dime a dozen. Because there's a price to pay to upgrade. There, there's adjustments that have to be made. And if we want to upgrade our life spiritually, then we've got to go up. Number five, Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter number 16. In verse number 5, I'm sorry, verse number 24, this is number 5. Matthew 16, verse 24, Then said Jesus to his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. If you want to upgrade your spiritual life, you've got to take up. 
Take up your cross and follow me. We certainly live in a day amongst Christians where our service generally consists and our dedication is usually of lip service. Because we can print, I'm a disciple of Christ on a t-shirt. We think that we've made some great sacrifice for God. And Jesus, many times you'll find in the Gospels, He said, let's narrow this thing down. Let, let me decide. Let me put the qualifications on who is really a disciple. You want to serve God? You want to be a disciple? Young people will register some of you in just a few moments when the service is over. And, and, and though it's exciting to preach the gospel, it's exciting to think about going to a foreign land. It's exciting to think about standing in a classroom and molding the hearts of minds of young men and young ladies. But you better understand something to be a disciple of Christ. You've got to take up. You've got to take up that cross. And I'm convinced and I have read scores and scores of biographies of great preachers and missionaries of generations gone by and so many times now looking back with the privilege of looking through the, the lens of history and a life that is completed, you can see the points and they even pointed out many times where they had to pick up a cross if they're going to go to that next place in their Christian life. Remember the statement, cross-bearing always precedes crown-wearing. Everybody wants a crown. I think some Christians think when we get to heaven, it's going to be like Burger King. There's somebody there just passing out crowns, whoever wants to wear one. No, long before a crown is received, a cross is taken up. Sometimes all you have is that reminder of the struggle Picking up the cross. And tonight's message isn't on what all those crosses could be, but I think you get the, the meaning tonight. And if I, I have to carry this to be his disciple, who we must take up. There's, a, there's maybe somebody's in here, but I know generally speaking, there's a lot of Christians who they come to a crossroad in their life and they go to a certain point. I know preachers, you can almost see it coming. I see it many times in, in church members. You see them growing and you know there's coming a spot where they're going to have to make the next commitment. The, 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 the battle is going to come. The pressure is going to come. Family is going to turn. Things are going to happen. They're going to have to make that next level of commitment. You can see it in preachers. You can see it in churches. You can see it in the lives of Christians. They refuse to take up the cross. Hey, you want to go to that next place in your Christian life, you better be prepared to take it up. A, a preacher, a pastor can have all of, the, uh, uh, all of the desires in the world, can have all of the vision in the world, but for a church to grow, that man has got to grow and he's got to be willing to take up his cross. It's true in the life of every Christian. If you're going to go, if you're going to upgrade, it's more than walking up to a counter and say, hey, I'd like to upgrade. 
You've got to take up the cross. You've got to take up. Number six, book of Ephesians. We're almost done. Ephesians chapter number four. Ephesians chapter number four. Thinking of upgrading our spiritual life. That little word up. Verse 14. That we may, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. That's what we don't want. We don't want to be as little children. Every time another wind blows, there we go. Look at verse 15, what we do want. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. We'll end with this one tonight. If you want to upgrade your spiritual life, you have to grow up. It's got to grow up. What are we growing up into? We're growing up into the head, even Christ. Too many Christians are content with simple spiritual things. The milk of the word. Now, when we're saved, we're a babe in Christ, that's what we can handle. If you've been saved for 20 years, you ought to be beyond the milk of the word. Uh, but we need to grow up. Maybe tonight, Christian, if you're going to go to that next place in your, your spiritual life, if you're going to upgrade your spiritual life, grow up. And I say this as lovingly and as caring as I possibly can, and you know me well enough to know that I'm being sincere when I say that, and I say this. If you've grown up in this church, and you've had the privilege of growing up in a Christian home, and you're, and you're, 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 you're an older teenager, you're a single adult, and you haven't decided if you're going to serve God or, or not with your life, grow up. Grow up. Just because you're 18, 19, 20, 21, we can just keep going there, and, and you can pay your own bills. That doesn't mean you're grown up spiritually. Grow up. I want to upgrade my spiritual life. I want to grow up in Christ. Is not Christ the goal? He should be. How can we think? How can we think we can maintain our level of spirituality? And get close to, closer to Christ at the same time. He's perfection. He's the standard. So we ought to constantly be growing towards Him. Towards Christ. Are you more like Christ today than you were last year? I hope so. The goal is to be more like Christ in the future than we are today. We have to grow up in Him. Grow up. How can, we, how can we never spend time with Him and think that we're going to become like Him? It's not going to happen. Hey, let's, let's spiritually upgrade our life. You know, I, I, I like upgrades. I, I like... Some of, the, some of these upgrades that, that are offered out there, you and I, we may never get to discover them. 
But you know what? As we look into the Word of God, I can upgrade my spiritual life. You know, there's Christians, and maybe some in this room, I don't know. But you know, as a Christian, you don't have to live with bitterness. There's, there's nothing more miserable than a bitter Christian. Upgrade your life. You don't have to live that way. There might be one thing more miserable than a bitter Christian. That's a backslidden Christian. Well, if you're bitter, you're backslidden, so it covers both bases. You know, upgrade. I don't want to live that way. Life's too short. How many of you believe that? It's a vapor. God tells us it's a vapor. It's just like yesterday we were celebrating the new year, and now here we are in September, and it's just, it's just going by and going by. Life is too short to be bitter at somebody. Life is too short to waste another moment not being serious about serving God. Life is too short to not be getting prayers answered from a God who is eager to give, who's eager to answer. Oh, life is so short compared to eternity. Not to upgrade our life, our spiritual life, so that we can enjoy eternity in the presence of our Savior. Don't you want to have something to show for when we're in His presence? It comes from not living a base spiritual life. Upgrade. If you get a hold of this tonight, it'd help you. It'd help you. Pastor's asking a lot, or, or I, you know, I've just been to my Bible. It feels like God's asking a lot of me. Well, do you want to live just down here as a Christian, or do you want to upgrade? Any other way we are, and I'm, and I'm, I'm about done. Close to done. We want all the benefits. We don't want to put in any of the work. Oh, God is such a good God. He's such a gracious God. He's, such, he's so, so loyal. He's so, and He is. But that doesn't take away our responsibility of what we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to do. Hey, let's upgrade. If, you're living, if you've been living your spiritual life the same as when you were got saved, upgrade. Perhaps you've grown, and God has helped you grow. Praise the Lord. Don't be satisfied where you're at in your spiritual life. Well, every Christian hits that plateau. I've gotten victory over this, and I've grown. Hey, don't be satisfied with that. Let's grow some more. And let's grow some more. And let's grow some more. And let's continue to grow and continue to upgrade our spiritual life. Father, help us tonight.